Good morning, good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. Ah, yeah, you know what it is. Hard worker, scrappy, unfiltered, and sometimes unhinged football content. Hard to explain, but you know it when you see it. Doing it daily, our way. I don't know what you're talking about right now. Redraft and Dynasty Fantasy Football, we got you covered. You know their defense is ranked like 31st in the NFL? NFL draft prospects and rookies? Now you know you're in the right place for that. Absolutely. All right, then stop saying it. Then we're done. And prop bets with my man Jay Rich. Count that money, man. Now wipe the crust out of your eyes. Get you a cup of coffee. It's time to wake your ass up with Ray G. You honestly are making absolutely no sense and you sound silly as hell. Good morning, good morning, good morning, good people. It is Thursday, March 24th, 2022. Y'all know who it is, man. Wake y'all ass up with your boy Ray G. Glad y'all are in the building. Just want to let y'all know the stream issues yesterday were worldwide, worldwide across all YouTube platforms. Y'all weren't the only people getting kicked out, kicked in, banned, blocked, sitting in the waiting room. It was all across the YouTube world. I don't know what the hell was going on, but we should be smooth, clear, good to go today. No waiting room. Everybody should be in the building. I see Terrence, Marlon, first person to comment. Good morning to you, good sir. Row, row, Caleb, Dalton, Mike A, always in the building. Appreciate you tapping in, Mike. Jay Peters, always here. AJ, our girl Jay, Will, Marlon, man, everybody. James in the building. Patrick, what's up? Ricardo, good to see y'all. Hope y'all have a fantastic Thursday heading into your Friday weekend. I think I'm going uh, to smoke some, uh, some tri-tips this weekend, man. You smoke them like a brisket. Get that good bark on it. It tastes just like brisket without having to stand there for like 13 hours and monitor that. Neither here nor there. I know you don't want to hear about my barbecue uh, smoking sort of fiascos that I do on the weekend. We got too much shit to talk about today. We got a lot. Jay and I, we literally did the whole show last night in our pre-prep. We were talking about the trade, right? We're not going to bury the lead. The trade. Tyreek Hill to the Miami Dolphins. We were talking about this last night. And just the ripple effect, the butterfly effect from this trade, especially for those of us who play uh, Dynasty Fantasy Football. There's a lot. Like, I, I'm, we just need to get to it. Uh, Jay, good morning. How are you, man? You're on mute. You're on mute. You're screwing up. We can't hear you. You're on mute. Start again. My apologies, but it's a great morning. It's crazy that the one day YouTube was down, no NFL news, light day, the next damn day. In my opinion, the biggest trade from a fantasy football perspective that we've seen in years. I don't think there's many trades, like even the Russell Wilson trade, I don't think this has as big of an effect on the NFL and fantasy football as this Tyreek Hill trade to Miami. Now, you were talking about the butterfly effect, and in chaos theory... Yeah, go ahead, go ahead. Go ahead, go ahead. What's The butterfly effect is the sensitive dependence of initial conditions in which a small change in one state of deterministic non of a deterministic nonlinear system can result in a large difference in a larger state. So a very small wide receiver getting traded to <laughs> a very small market Miami Dolphins team has such a wide impact on bigger shit. Kansas City Chiefs, dynasty value, all of that. We're going to get to that really, really quickly. Matt Corral had his pro day. Matt Corral, quarterback out of Ole Miss, uh, look good to me. I mean, six foot one and a half, 215 pounds. Looks like the ankle is fully healed. Uh, 
He's got that the charisma, same way we talked about Malik Willis. You know, for me, I'm a big Malik Willis fan, but Matt Corral is my top-ranked quarterback in this draft class. We'll see how it plays out, man. I saw a mock yesterday, Daniel Jeremiah of NFL Network, who didn't have any, didn't have Malik Willis nor Matt Corral in round one. Put out a mock, no Malik, no Matt Corral. And if you were watching the NFL Network broadcast of Matt Corral's pro day yesterday. They pretty much laughed people out of the building for thinking that Malik Willis would be the number two overall pick, saying there's no way he's going to go number two. Uh, They see him. I was listening to some other talking heads said mid to late 20s for Malik Willis in this upcoming draft. So just hold on to your butts and prepare yourself for absolute chaos come NFL draft time. I'm just telling you what the talking head said. Said there's no way Malik's going two. Uh, we're insane for thinking three, four quarterbacks in round one. We'll see how it plays out. Matt Corral looked good to me. I uh, had the mobility. The arm strength was on display. Uh, more conversations with Mike Tomlin. He seems to be in love with all the rookie quarterbacks. It's every rookie quarterback to Pittsburgh this year. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, we've got a couple of more pro days of consequence, and then after that, it's smooth sailing into the NFL draft. So we'll pick up our mocks. We'll start looking at ADP. We'll start putting players to teams. But at this point, the pre-draft process is a little bit over. And, Jay, honestly, we might start looking ahead to 2023. I think it would be a good good exercise to start diving into that 2023 class for a lot of people who may not be familiar with a lot of the players outside of Bijan Robinson. C.J. Stroud looked good. Chris Olave's pro day yesterday. I mean, it just might be, it might be a good exercise to start thinking about that 2023 class, man, because uh, it's going to be a good one. And, and from that class, LSU star wide receiver Kayshawn Boutte, The first bit of news that we got about his mysterious ankle injury, I thought it was an Achilles all along. Brian Kelly said they're trying to repair the relationship. He's not around the team. He had a second surgery. I love Kayshawn Boutte. Thought he was, you know, wide receiver one in the 2023 class. This is not good. Not ideal. Second surgery on Achilles, ankle, whatever it is. Not good. And he's not even with the team. And I'll just say this. He's not the level of prospect of Jamar Chase where he can sit out of football for two years and then waltz into being a top 10 pick. Not with Jackson Smith and Jigba in this 2023 class. Not with Jordan Addison. Not with some of these other talented wide receivers in 2023. Boutte needs to play. And I'm hoping, I'm hoping it wasn't an Achilles injury and he's 100% healed up by the time uh, his draft class rolls around. But Jay, hit on it. I mean, here it is. Tyreek Hill traded to the Miami Dolphins. The Kansas City Chiefs get back in return. Uh, the Dolphins, uh, I think it's pick 29 this year. 29 or 30. They have both of those. Okay, they've got 29, 30. They also got a second-round pick from the Dolphins, a fourth-round pick this year, a fourth-round pick next year, and a sixth-round pick next year. I thought they got a second next year, but it's a fourth and a sixth. So five draft picks for one Tyreek Hill, and we start our deep dive into this butterfly effect exercise with this trade and it will ripple throughout the AFC as we walk through this episode. So first and foremost, listen, Kansas City was up against it, right? Do we want to pay as soon as Devontae Adams signed for an annual value of $28 million per year, Jay, I was saying this, everybody else, every receiver of consequence, uh, DK Metcalf, Deontay Johnson, Terry McLaurin, AJ Brown, CeeDee Lamb up next next year with Justin Jefferson. And then as you just go down the line of all the top wide receivers in the NFL, 
they do not want anything less than $28 million per year. They want 30, $31 million a year. Tyreek Hill saw Devontae Adams get the contract that he got and said, I, me, Tyreek Hill, the full two years younger than Devontae Adams, need to be the highest paid wide receiver in the NFL. And he, uh, Jay, I'm just going to say, he's not the best wide receiver in the NFL from just a receiver standpoint, but he's the most lethal wide receiver weapon in all of football. It's him and then probably Jamar Chase. And when I think lethal, I think of players who nothing could be going on. Like they could have no catches, and then all of a sudden one crossing route, one deep pass completely changes the outlook of the game. And Tyreek Hill displayed that versus the Buffalo Bills in the epic game, probably one of the best games we've seen in a decade. You know, Patrick Mahomes throws a deep dig route to Tyreek Hill. He catches it in the midst of traffic against the Buffalo Bills and then uses world-class speed to completely outrun the entire Buffalo Bills. That play personifies the type of weapon that Tyreek Hill is, right? So, hell yeah, I want to be the highest paid. I went out here, caught 111 passes this year. I've been doing my thing for the past X number of years. I want to be the highest paid receiver. And Kansas City said, we can't do it. Like, we can't pay you $70 million guaranteed. We cannot do that. And... You know, here it is. They had to trade him away, right? They had to, for their franchise, they had to trade Tyreek Hill away. Just your initial thoughts, because we got a long way to go through this process, Jay. The trade to Miami, uh, like just what were your initial thoughts? when Because it was like we heard it. It it came out of nowhere. It was like Miami and the Jets. And then 10 minutes later, boom, deal in place, he's gone. Like it did. They didn't fuck around with this one, man. They, They reported this was happening with the Jets and the Dolphins. Tyreek was torn. And it was funny, Schefter's tweet said he's torn because he wants to decide which team he wants to go be the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history on. And then he chooses the Miami Dolphins. Just your initial reaction when you heard the news and then actually saw the trade break. I couldn't believe it, honestly. Like, I was just dumbfounded because I knew that they were talking about an extension, but I didn't think those trade talks would break down and he would ultimately be traded, right? I think it was just a matter of time until they figured it out because this is that core in Kansas City. It's Tyreek Hill, Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey. So if that core doesn't have Tyreek Hill, we've already seen Travis Kelsey kind of having some down down games, down years this season. And like you mentioned, it was Tyreek Hill that in those really important games like the game against Buffalo who lifted that offense. For me, it's just like, where does this peg them now? And in a division that is the most competitive in all of football now, that every team in that division is getting better. How does that impact the Chiefs and and where do they stand in this division? And for Miami, it's like wheels up. And Ray, I don't know if you knew this. They have two first round picks next year. So not only do they have, like, they're losing a few picks this year, but they still got two first-round picks next year to do the same thing, trade for players, retool, draft guys, obviously just signed Teron Armstead, committing fully to Tua. But that pressure now that's on Tua to perform, there's not really a whole lot of excuses for him. And on top of that, all I can think about, and they see in the thumbnail, it's Mike McDaniel, man. How could you be any luckier than this guy to sign to a new team and get Tyreek Hill before you even get to practice? Uh, it's so, it's exciting, man. Biggest trade, so, I think, for fantasy football purposes, period. Tyreek Hill, last year, 159 targets, seventh in the NFL. 25% target share, 16th in the league. Uh, he was number three in air yards with 1709. 36.1% of the air, his team's air yard share. Ninth in the NFL in deep targets with 26. 
Uh, sixth in the NFL with red zone targets with 24. So very dangerous in the red zone. Uh, fantasy points per game at the wide receiver position, 17.4, which was sixth in the NFL. He was third in receptions, 111. Sixth in receiving yards, 1239. What's interesting is a lot of people think he's he is the yak guy. He's 13th in the league. Only 415 of his yards came after the catch, seventh in unrealized air yards, and tenth in touchdowns. So you're talking about a player who's going to be walking into Miami. And I know as much as we love Jalen Waddle, and yes, I think there's going to be an ADP discount on him now. Tyreek Hill is the number one in Miami. He's going to be the number one. He's going to be that. Listen, you, Mike McDaniel can say all the shit that he wants when he when he walked into the building. Let's let's just let's walk through this. Jalen Waddle was there. Jalen Waddle was not drafted by Mike McDaniel. That's not to say that he thinks he's a bad player, but he talked all that stuff. We're at, we're going to throw it to Jalen Waddle every time. Yeah. Jalen Waddle's going to be this, this, and this. And then four weeks later, they go out and give up the bag to make Tyreek Hill the highest paid wide receiver in NFL history. Let's just look at it from that standpoint and what people need to understand. Like I'm, I'm seeing overreaction saying, "Oh my God, Jalen Waddle is dead. This kills Jalen Waddle. This is." Two wide receivers can thrive in an offense. Let's let's stop right here. You know, there's there is enough passing volume to go around for multiple wide receivers to thrive in any NFL offense, in any one. Like they that's the game, man. You got to throw the ball to win. It's throw, 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 minimal run, running attack, right? Jalen Waddle is going to be fine, but Tyreek Hill is going to be the one in Miami. You don't go trade five assets. And some people are like, ah, it really wasn't that much. And listen. The cheapest place for NFL teams to build their roster to contend on low-budget deals are the drafts. So say what you want about the pick premium. Five opportunities to build your team for the low. You trade that away. That's not insignificant. And then you go out and you give this wide receiver $70-plus million guaranteed, making him the highest-paid wide receiver in NFL history. You better believe Tyreek Hill is the number one and will be treated as the number one in Miami, right? I, I, I don't, I, I don't know why so many people thought the same, the same logic that people use to discount Amon Ross St. Brown. There's no way Amon Ross St. Brown's going to get that target share when, when T.J. Hawkinson and DeAndre Swift are there. Well, who else was competing for, with Jalen Waddle for targets? Like, did we honestly think Miami was going to waltz into the season with just Jalen Waddle at wide receiver? And I get it. They re-signed Preston Williams. I don't give a damn about that. Devontae Parker's there. The target consolidation is going to be Waddle and Tyreek Hill. Those are going to be the two players who that offense, from a receiving standpoint, funnels through. You got Gasecki back on a tag. They got all kind. Alan Hearns is on the roster and all kinds of trash at wide receiver. And they brought Cedric Wilson, right? And they they paid Cedric Wilson, right? If I'm Ced Wilson, I'm thinking, damn, man, what you just gave me twenty million dollars. Like, what's sorry, Ced? Now you're third, fourth, fifth on the on the pecking order on that offense. Now, yes, any wide receiver that downgrades from that goes from Patrick Mahomes, it's a downgrade. Like you, you leave Patrick Mahomes, you downgrade. So. The quality of target, the efficiency, probably takes a dip. I think that's it. It's not even a probably. I believe it will take a dip going from Patrick Mahomes to Tua Tungavaloa. But where that could make up for it is he saw 159 last year with an elite tight end. With Travis Kelsey, he saw 159. I, I, I don't think he's seen anything less than 135 targets 
next year in Miami. Nothing less than 135, if not more. I mean, it's just going to be get it out quick, quick, quick. Tyreek, Tyreek, Waddle, Waddle, Tyreek, Tyreek, Waddle, Waddle, Tyreek. So, you know, I, I I don't know what I'm seeing is a lot of people saying he's not top five this year. Well, shit, I, I, I don't know how high up. I don't know if he was top five even in Kansas City with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson and these other wide receivers. I don't know if he was top five even in Kansas City. So for me, I didn't bump him up, and I, nor did I knock him down to any significant degree because he is going to be treated as the one where in Kansas City, say what you want about how explosive and good Tyreek is, that offense ran through the tight end. That offense ran through Travis Kelsey. It was like they played inside out in Kansas City. So uh, I don't know how you feel. You told me last night that you'd be moving Tyreek Hill down your dynasty ranks based on this trade. For me, I, I'm just I'm not there yet. I, I, yes, the quarterback downgrade hurts him to some degree, to a degree, but you don't get paid $28 million a year, $30 damn million dollars a year not to be force-fed the ball, and I think that's exactly what's going to happen with Tyreek Hill in Miami. So the reason why I kind of brought that to you is not so much about Tyreek Hill's ability. It's more so about the offense. And, and you were saying to me, well, we don't really know what offense they're going to run. We're just projecting the Shanahan offense because of where Mike McDaniel came from. That's fair. But if we do project Tyreek Hill in that Shanahan offense, that 135 targets is not quite a ceiling, but very close to it. Because, again, they're more run heavy. Tua may only throw the ball 500, 550 times, depending on the success of that offense. But like you mentioned, and we'll, we'll obviously get into this, the AFC is loaded. You can't run the ball a ton and win in the AFC. Hugh Jackson said it. You run to stay in the game. You throw to win the game, right? And that's just what the NFL is now. And so ultimately, they're going to have to throw the ball. And where does that leave Tyreek Hill? I think it leaves Tyreek Hill to be the Debo Samuel in this offense. Whatever that looks like, to me, that's Tyreek Hill. And I think for Jalen Waddle's sake, we'll see what happens with Waddle, but people were expecting him to be a deeper threat, to run those deep routes and, and have a higher dot. But that's one, not so much to his game right now. We'll see what happens. But more importantly, when you sign Tyreek Hill, you don't need that. You have that already. So Jalen Waddle's role will remain intact, and I think he will do similar things in this offense. So and then on top of that, you have a pedestrian running game that should be okay. But I think like... Even with those two guys, I'm not sure what the ceiling is. And that's where, for me, I wouldn't necessarily be dumping, bumping Tyreek down a lot, but his production will suffer. He's not going to see 160 targets. He may not even catch 100 passes this year. It comes down to how many touchdowns can he score and how efficient can he be in this offense, which he should be quite efficient. So somebody talked about his dot, and this was playerprofiler.com has all the data. Most people think of him as some just deep threat, right? Deep Maven catching all these deep passes. He was 47th in the NFL with his average depth of target at 10.7, right? Like, he did a lot of damage close to at or around that intermediate area, right? So it wasn't – the thing that made Tyreek Hill great is he can do it in the short area game, the intermediate game, and go deep. Like, he can do all three. He's just that special and that unique of a talent. Um, so 47th in the league, average depth of target, that – listen – I think he's going to be fine with Tua, man. He's going to be fine. Now, the fallout from this, right? Like, we kind of touched on Waddle and we touched on, on, on Tyreek. But let's go to the team that did not get him. And let's talk about the Jets. The Jets 100% tipped their hand and said, 
I and I love Elijah Moore. Jay, you love Elijah Moore. We did our pre-draft hype videos. I did a Rondell Moore one. You did an Elijah Moore one. We both loved Elijah Moore coming out of Ole Miss. I think I was one of the first people to start talking about him when I was doing work with Roto Underworld. And I said, if Elijah Moore's name was Rondell and he played in the Big Ten, we'd be losing our mind over Elijah Moore when he was putting up 200 yards a game, uh, you know, back at, back in the SEC. But I think the Jets said we need somebody else. Like, we need a – the fact that they were considering giving up two first-round picks, both of their top picks, to get Tyreek Hill – they 100% tipped their hand that they are drafting a wide receiver. And a lot of people laughed at Mel Kuyper's mock where he had Drake London going number four overall. Well, I think that is way too high to take any wide receiver, let alone Drake London, who I love. That's my, based on the film, my number one ranked wide receiver. But they might. They legitimately, uh, uh, this is what happens. They tip their hand because you know they're going wide receiver at either 4 or 10. And they also get fucked on the back end because now you got to compete with Tyreek Hill twice a year. they got to defend that. So my immediate thought is we've been seeing Amon Sauce Gardner, uh, the cornerback out of Cincinnati, has n- did oh. never allowed a touchdown in his collegiate career, getting mocked higher and higher. It would not shock me if at 4 overall they took Sauce Gardner. You know, I know we're talking about defensive end and we're talking about what it wouldn't shock me if the Jets go sauce Gardner at four and then whatever wide receiver is available at 10, they lock that up. Right. And if that happens again, multiple wide receivers can thrive in an offense. What does that mean for Elijah Moore? If they take a receiver either at four, say they go receiver at four, say they do it, say they take Garrett Wilson or Drake London at four, because I think. Based on everything we're seeing, those are the consensus top two wide receivers. If they do that, and Drake Drake London is their fourth overall pick, he's the one. He's the alpha in New York. I love Elijah. You take a player that high in this draft class with the depth at O-line, the depth at edge, you pass on Toss Gardner to go, go, go to wide that's the one. Even at 10, man, they take Garrett Wilson or Drizzy Drake at 10, that's the one. Right now, good for Zach Wilson. Bit of a knock for Elijah Moore. A lot of people drafting him. I don't know what his ADP is, but I've seen people talking about top 15 dynasty wide receiver in Elijah Moore. Top 15. If Elijah Moore's top 15, if they take a receiver at four or 10, damn it, they got to be top 12 at that point because they are going to be, or at least have the opportunity to be the alpha in that offense. So the Jets kind of got screwed twofold here. One, they didn't get Tyreek Hill. Now they got to go draft a cornerback to defend him because they don't have that on the roster. They do not have that on the roster. They need, It is a position of need for the Jets. And then two, you know they want a receiver. That they've, They just told us they desperately want a receiver, so they're probably going cornerback and wide receiver early in the draft. What does this do for Elijah Moore? I'm not as worried about Elijah Moore. I think what this okay. does is it humbles the fantasy community a little bit. Mm. Um, you and I have had conversations privately, and I believe we've talked about it on this show. Elijah Moore doesn't have to be the number one to succeed in the NFL or to return on ADP. But if people want to go ahead and draft him over number one wide receivers, I will allow you to do that happily. As much as I love Elijah Moore, I never viewed him as a number one target, but I believed he could compete to be a 1B on an offense. Like you're talking about if Drake London comes in, he's going to be the number one. And I'm, I'm perfectly okay with that because I think Elijah Moore can still command a large target share. And I believe there's not a lot of competition there for him to co- go after targets. 
Now, like you said, it's crazy because all the mocks have receivers going to the Jets. Pretty much everyone's mock has a receiver going to the Jets at 10. And now we know they're after a wide receiver. Usually you don't always know, but now you know. And like you talked about, before it was just Stephon Diggs in Buffalo. They had to worry about twice a year. Now they have to worry about Tyreek Hill. You just can't afford to live in this world where you ignore the talent around you. Buffalo's contenders, Super Bowl contenders, Miami making a run to be Super Bowl contenders. The Jets need something. Whether it's Sauce, whether it's somebody else, I don't know kind of which direction they want to go. Maybe they trade down, go after Booth. Whatever they want to do, they need receivers and they need cornerbacks badly because it's the only way they're going to be able to compete in this division. The Patriots, you know, we'll see what the hell they do. No one cares about them right now. What the Jets do with their picks could set them up to either compete in this division or stay at the bottom. And I think that's just the truth of the situation. Well, making a move like that, they it, it seemed if you're going to give up, you know, and it was two seconds. I said two first. It was two seconds, but yeah, it was still a higher pick. Two seconds yeah, two seconds. It was yeah. 35 and 38. So you yeah, think so like top, those are those are high, those are premium picks, picks. Those are top 40 players, right? Um, the, I don't know if the Jets are ready to compete now, but that seems like a win-now move, right? That seems like a win-now move. 100%. So my, my, my initial thought is, okay, the Dolphins get Tyreek. I think both wide receivers would be fine. Like, I don't even know why people keep debating that so much. Both wide receivers will be fine. Tua may not be a world beater. He may not be an elite quarterback, but he's better than a lot of other fucking quarterbacks that are in the NFL throwing passes right now. We're talking about Amon Ross St. Brown to the moon. He's got damn Jared Goff tossing him the ball, and we like that. Rashad Bateman, I'm hearing that talk, and it's Lamar Jackson throwing, and Love Lamar, but he ain't Joe Montana and Dan Marino out here. So two is fine. I'm not. I'm not as worried about that. W- what does that do for Tua in his value? Because right now, you know, I took him in a. We did a dynasty startup mock, and I took him in the third. People thought I was crazy. Ah, right, t- that stinks taking Tua at three ele- three twelve. What, what do you think this does for Tua's dynasty dynasty value? How big of a bump up are you giving to Tua? It's it's significant, right? It depends on, I guess, where people are slotting him in, but I have to imagine he's somewhere in the 20s, right? He's not going to be drafted probably as a top 20 quarterback. He'd be behind the Kirk Cousins. He might even be behind the Ryan Tannehills, depending on where you're at as far as ADP goes. But I think he's somewhere between 14 and 16. You know, I think he's got a ton of upside playing with all of these playmakers, and the offense should be improved, bringing in Mike McDaniel and his offensive style to the AFC. But... I don't know. Like you said, he doesn't really have that rushing ceiling. Do we think he can throw for like 40 touchdowns? Not really, unless his volume just like goes really, really through through the roof. So I think the problem is, is that with Tua, even though he's got all these players around him, tons and tons of talent, he's not really going to crack the top 12 because we're already talking about these rookie quarterbacks. How are they going to crack the top 12? Tua could, but he's not going to be maybe higher than 10 on one of his best seasons, unless he goes like MVP, Alabama God, Tua. He's going to be, you know, somewhere in the back half of the first kind of our quarterback one, maybe high-end quarterback two. Mm-hmm. Other than that, but I think what this does is it raises his floor. His floor last year was 16 pass attempts and 100 yards and no touchdowns. Now we can project more volume and more consistency from a quarterback that a lot of people really liked, but we didn't feel like he always had the mo- the best support around him. Now we f- we should feel like he has that, and I believe you should be drafting him with more confidence. I think if you take him around QB 16, QB 17, 
you're good. But if he's going around 14, 13, 12, it's high as hell. And the upside is very limited because I just don't believe he can get there personally. But Mm -hmm. the talent is there and no excuses for Tua as far as I'm concerned. All right, I'm looking at startup ADP uh, provided by DLF, who I think they do probably the best job with Dynasty Startup ADP. They got him at QB 17, right? QB 17 coming off the board at 177. He's uh, behind Matt Stafford, Malik Willis, Justin Fields, Aaron Rodgers, Trevor Lawrence, Jalen Hurts. And he's ahead of players like Derek Carr, Tom Brady, Kirk Cousins, Mac Jones, Matt Corral, Zach Wilson, Ryan Tannehill, and Matt Ryan. So right there where you said QB QB 17 coming off the board uh, based on March 2022 startup ADP. Zach Wilson, you know, we're looking at Zach Wilson. He's down here at QB 23. What do you think about Zach Wilson? I mean, they're going to get a wide receiver. So peg yeah. in whoever you like. I think it's Garrett Wilson or Drake London. That's that's what it's probably going to be. Garrett Wilson, Drake London. Where are you at with Zach Wilson and the Jets who seem to be, listen, say what you want, but they seem to be doing everything in their power to surround their young quarterback with talent. You know, I know we don't really love CJ Uzama and what they signed, Tyler Conklin as well. Like we're not huge fans of those guys, but you you draft Elijah Moore, you make the move to try to get Tyreek Hill. They're probably going to draft a wide receiver early in the draft. I'm still... I'm still kind of on the fence with with Zach Wilson. I'm still not all the way. I'm not all in, but I'm encouraged by what the Jets are trying to do around this young man. So what are you thinking about uh, Zach Wilson and his his dynasty value right now? Uh, At ADP, I really like it, honestly. And I think there's a time when you could get him lower than that because there's still people who are very soured on Zach Wilson. And for people who are newer to the show... You know, early on, Zach Wilson really struggled. But if you paid attention down the stretch, he continued to improve. And not just he improved, but the Jets improved overall. And I think, you know, adding Elijah Moore into the fold for a whole season, obviously he dealt with injuries throughout the year, adding a Drake London or Garrett Wilson to this offense. And for all we know, they could be adding more. Like, they have the draft capital. They have the assets. They have the money to allocate these things to get a top receiver. We don't know what they might do. There's rumors that DK Metcalf could be on the trade block for a massive package. Have to imagine the Jets would be in contention for that. What that package looks like, I'm not sure. But I don't think they stop at the draft. I think they know that in the NFL, you need two to three premier wide receivers. If you don't have that, you have nothing. You look at the top four teams in the in the championship games this year. Jamar Chase, Tyreek Hill, Debo Samuel, and who was the other one? It was, oh, Cooper Cup, the leading receiver in all the NFL. Top five receivers in the championship game. You have to have some of these top guys because they're game breakers. They're guys you go to in crunch time who get it done for you. And I just think that the NFL is realizing this, and you have to have that. And so the Jets are going to make those moves. Right now, Tyreek Hill is coming off the board, according to DLF Startup ADP, as wide receiver four, coming off the board at 10th overall. you got Jalen Waddell at wide receiver seven, coming off the board, average draft position at 112. Jalen Waddell at 112. Tyreek, average draft position at 110. So... Man, that that that's high. I mean, Jalen Waddle. Here's who's Jalen Waddle's going ahead of in Dynasty: Devontae Adams, Debo Samuel, DK Metcalf, T. Higgins, Deontay Johnson. I mean, he's up there, man. Wide receiver seven right now. Um, Jalen Waddle. That's I'm, tough. I'm, that's tough. I'm just I'm it looking not at be the wide receiver ADP. one. It's tough, but I think you make the T. Higgins comparison. T. Higgins is what two spots behind him. Three spots, but would you five, four spots behind him? Waddle at seven, Higgins at eleven. Would you rather Waddle think, at one twelve or T at 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 you know the 
208 spot is he's coming off the board at pick 20 so i i think you have i think you have to take waddle just behind higgins and it just comes down to quarterback play for me right guaranteed to be the number two in that offense still extremely talented but the quarterback play leans me towards higgins i think it just depends on where you're at but i i think if we're being realistic about Jalen waddle's outlook he's probably not the one money all these things not going to be the one so you have to think t higgins is probably the best number two in football depending on where you're at. And so with Burrow being a better quarterback than Tua, I think you have to say you need to take Higgins before Waddle. But I think after that, you're all good. Right. Like um, if you want to take Waddle over Deontay Johnson, I don't hate it. I don't right. love it. Elijah Moore. Elijah matters. Moore is coming off the board oh, at no. wide receiver 16. Elijah Moore, wide receiver <sighs> wide receiver 16. Here's some players he's going ahead of. Chris Godwin, Terry McLaurin, uh, Garrett Wilson, Devontae Smith, Mike, Ad- Mike Evans, Drake London, Michael Pittman Jr., Again, uh, I like uh, this is not anti. I don't think y'all understand how much I personally love Elijah Moore. Like literally midway through two seasons ago, two college football seasons ago, I was like, this is the dude. Like if his name were Rondell, we'd be losing our mind. But, you know, Drake London coming off at 22. I'm in raw at 26. That's high. He's not going to end. It's not about I saw somebody say talent over situation. Uh, I think Garrett Wilson's pretty fucking talented, and so is Drake London. And if they take those guys, top 10, they're probably going to be treated as the one. And we'll see how that plays out. Again, two wide receivers can thrive in an NFL offense, but that's sort of where I'm at with the Jets and with the uh, with the Dolphins. Now, let's kick it to Kansas City and talk about what this means for one Patrick Mahomes in the Kansas City Chiefs offense. Because you look around the AFC West, Every team in that division has gotten much better than where they finished yeah. last season. Every team. The Chargers, you I don't care what you do in the draft. You add Khalil Mack and JC Jackson, plus those two defensive tackles, you're a better, you're better, you're a better franchise. You're a better team. You bring back Mike Williams with Justin Herbert, you're a better team. The Raiders, you trade for Devontae Adams, you make some of the free agent signings that they've made, you're a better football team. The Denver Broncos, you go from Teddy Bridgewater and Drew Locke to Russell Wilson, you're a better football team. Not not including the fact that you've got Javonta Williams as your lead. You sign a Randy Gregory from Dallas, you're a better football team. The Chiefs are worse, much worse today than they were yesterday. And here's the thing. This is why I'm not going to give Patrick Mahomes any slack. I'm not cutting him any breaks. I'm not giving him any grace. If you are that dude, while losing Tyreek Hill is a major blow to your offense, Travis Kelsey, Juju, and Hardman, it is not great, but there are worse receiving situations than that. You still have probably playing football. We're not talking dynasty value, but playing Kelsey's still the best tight end in football, like playing, right? Is He's still at least a top two, top three tight end playing football today. Not value, but playing football. You still have that. Juju, for what he is, listen, you, you can do a lot worse than what they have. You can do a hell of a lot better, but you can do worse. If Mahomes is that guy, elevate your squad. Pick him up. Pick him up. We saw Aaron Rodgers doing it. All he had was Devontae Adams for a while, right? Yes, there was a time where he had Jordy Nelson and Randall Cobb, but over the past four or five years, it's been Devontae Adams and nobody else. I've seen Tom Brady do it with nobodies. Nobodies, right? Tom Brady did it with nobodies. 
If Mahomes is that dude, now's the time. Let's let's see. I just want to see what he can do because I don't know how much better this team can get in, at the wide receiver. Everyone's talking about Jameson. Even if they get J-Mo at 29, he ain't playing to start the season. He's still a rookie wide receiver. He still has to develop that rapport and chemistry with Patrick Mahomes. They have not, man, Jay, I'm watching the Pro Day yesterday, and they showed the Kansas City game versus the Rams. And it was uh, it was like up until the Kansas City-Buffalo game, it was the wildest game. It was like 50-something to 50. Just a, just an awesome football matchup. I think it was Monday night game or Thursday night game. But I'm watching that team. And I told you last night, Kansas City, for as good as they've been, they have not looked the same since they lost Kareem Hunt. The fe- just watching that game and how that offense operated with a elite running back in the backfield, it looked night and day, man. Like, it seems like it is all on Mahomes. And they tried to replace him with CEH and failed miserably. But I'm watching that Chiefs team with, with, with Kareem Hunt, and all I can think is, man, if they had Jonathan Taylor, if they had J.K. Dobbins, it, hell, if they had Cam, put any of the 2020 running backs, Antonio Gibson. Antonio Gibson, of, yeah. Put any of them in that backfield outside of Clyde. They have not looked the same since they lost the balance of that running attack, and they're they're trying Darrell Wood. They're bringing in Jarek McKinnon and trying all the Le'Veon Bell. Like, they're searching desperately because I think Mahomes needs that. As good as he is, a, a that type of rushing attack takes so much pressure off of your quarterback and off of your offense. They're in trouble, man. And you asked the question last night. You were like, man, do they make the playoffs? I'm thinking, do they win the division? Not only did they not only did they lose the most dangerous weapon in football, Tyron Matthews gone. I think they lost a defensive back in free agency. This this is not good for Kansas City. And we were really ready to anoint them as the next dynasty. And look how quick that changed, man. Look how quick situations change in football. And we do this in this is this is why, man. This this is a prime example of why. When everybody's like, oh, I'm waiting for the landing spot. I'm waiting for the land. I don't care. Like, I care to a degree, right? But situations change so quick in the NFL. And, Jay, I think we're just on the – I think it's just starting. I think some of these teams that are looking at these receivers and like, man, do I really want to pay DK Metcalf $35 million a year? I might cash out. Like, who wants them? Who's going to trade me two first? I'll get some rookies. Like, do I really want to pay Deontay Johnson $29 million a year next year? I don't know, man. I, especially when you got so much money tied up in your quarterback position. But what does this do for Mahomes, Kansas City, Juju? Uh, there's a lot There's a lot of fallout here from this. There's a, The yeah. butterfly effect is real. Because I think they went from division favorites. There's... I, I, you don't win Super Bowls in March, but it, it would be hard for me. If I had to lay money on one side of this, it would be hard for me to say they're still the favorite in their division, man, let alone the AFC. AFC is brutal. Brutal. Yeah. Like you talked about, man, the AFC West, they're adding all these players. They're getting better. You know, the Chiefs only won 12 games last year. They didn't win 13. They didn't win 14. Lowest in the division was Denver, who won seven games. So you're telling me Russell Wilson can't add two to three wins to that team? And two or three of those wins could come in division, could come in the conference. Like, Kansas City's in trouble. You know, I don't want to overreact. Like you said, they're still a dynasty. We'll still see what they do. But rookie wide receivers, 
don't just come in and do Tyreek Hill things, regardless of what you think. Juju Smith-Schuster is not a he's not a replacement for Tyreek Hill. Now he can do things no. in the short area passing game, but he's not a threat. And like you talked about, Mahomes since he hasn't had a running game hasn't been as successful. A lot of great teams you have to have some semblance of balance. KC has been living on the edge of zero threat in zero zero threat period. Like they haven't had a threat on the on the running game for like the last two years, and we've seen what's happened to them. Now, what does this mean for Mahomes? He's not the QB one, right? There's no way that's Josh Allen. That's not even close for me. Is he a QB two ahead of Herbert? I don't think so. I think Herbert's team got better. I think Herbert is an equally talented quarterback, and Mahomes lost his best weapon. Is he better than Lamar Jackson? Going down a little bit further. I don't know, right? And then you talk about the AFC. He's got to beat Cleveland when Deshaun Watson comes back. He has to beat the Bengals. He has to beat the Ravens. He has to beat Denver. He has to beat the Bills. He has to beat potentially even the Dolphins. He has to beat the Raiders, who still won 10 games and made the playoffs this year. And he has to beat the Chargers. Ah, I just listed off what, eight teams? We got got a Chiefs fan. You know... Fandom analysis is probably the funniest that I've seen because it's uh it's the it's the irrational thought that oh it's just right here. Uh, I, thank you for tapping in, Roland. L- appreciate the comment. Why is he so passionate? It's one guy we all knew was great, talented, the receiver, but the real problem was defense. We, we we're gonna see how much of a problem losing Tyreek Hill is, y'all. Uh, y'all Chiefs fans will see how much of a problem losing he, Tyreek Hill is. It's a much bigger issue than I think people – maybe maybe I'm wrong. Maybe McCall Hardman and Juju and Josh Gordon, they just get it done. No big deal. We lost Tyreek Hill. As long as we shore up the defense, we'll be good. Well, you didn't. The defense has not been shored up, and you did lose the most dangerous weapon in football. We'll see how it plays out. Listen, OGQ has no problem admitting when I'm wrong. But I don't think I'm wrong here. That was, that is a major piece of the puzzle that's gone. And I don't think, no matter how you want to slice it, glass half full, pie in the sky, optimism, that's a significant loss for the Chiefs. And we've seen how, Ty, how, how Patrick Mahomes struggles when Tyreek Hill isn't there or when he's not playing. Yep. Like, it, 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 that's. I don't. I don't think. I don't think that's just being pat, just rambling to ramble. I think that is a significant loss for Kansas City. And you saw what they tried to do when they thought they lost Tyreek Hill. They panicked and took McCall Hardman in the second. They traded up to get him because they know how important that position is. They're talking about bringing in Marquez Valdez Scantling. Good luck with that. We'll see how that plays out. Is Mahomes still QB one in Dynasty? Say what you, I didn't have him as QB1. I said, and I've been saying it for months, Jay, if I had the one-on-one in a super flex league, I'm taking Josh Allen. But Mahomes is right there as QB2. Like, are, who cares? They're in the same tier. The top tier, Mahomes, Allen, Deshaun Watson, Justin Herbert, right? But uh, uh, this is, the him leaving, it, it doesn't just hurt, help Miami. It hurts the AFC East, the teams that got to defend them, right? The teams that have to defend Tyreek Hill now. The Kansas City Chiefs losing that type of dynamic weapon. And I'm seeing some people in the chat talk about Brees Hall. I'd love it. But do they really go back to the running back well again in round one? They have to, though. If you really think about it, they I kind would of love have it. to. I would love it. And I have a hell of a lot more confidence in Brees Hall than I ever would have had in, in Clyde Edwards' lair. 
So, again, just watching that game, watching Tyreek Hill and watching how the offense operated their play action, how many yards he were, he was just ripping off chunk yards every play, man. They need some semblance of a ground game again, and they just don't have it, man. They don't have it. Clyde ain't it. I think Daryl Williams is gone. Jarek McKinnon, are we going to go back to that magic trick again? Brees Hall would be awesome. Brees Hall would be awesome. But I'm with you. He bailed out Mahomes a ton. A ton. But what do you think, man? Do, do Brees Hall, is that a real option? I think it's a real option. So let's get into the actual situation here because the Chiefs do have two first-round picks, number 29 and number 30. Daniel Jeremiah mocked Christian Watson at 30 to the Chiefs. So a player that we like, that we think is a bit of a developmental prospect, but we like. Super talented, a little bit raw, but lots of experience in college, has tons of tools, and can do some of the things that they've needed the wide receiver for some time. Now, the Draft Network released an article yesterday saying the best three fits for the Chiefs, Garrett Wilson, Chris Olave, Jamison Williams, all former teammates at The Ohio State University. But the problem is, is that they're not going to be there. They're yeah. not going to be there when they pick at 29 nope. and 30. But do the Chiefs trade up? Is there a world where the Chiefs go and get a wide receiver that they really want? Because they have the draft capital. They, if they said, we're all in on one guy, they could do that. Now, I don't think it's the best move for the team because they have lost a lot of pieces. They're paying Mahomes a lot of money, and there's holes they need to fill otherwise. But it is an option. If they really wanted to go up to top 10, get Garrett Wilson, get Drake London, even if just get Jamison Williams, I think that's a real possibility. So I think there's a lot of things in play here, and what do they want to do? But they have to get somebody. They need to get a receiver. They need a running game badly. But I don't know how you do that with what they have right now and what they're paying out to some of these players on the defensive line that aren't impacting the game the way they're supposed to be. So we'll see. But there's a lot of moving parts here. And I think it's just, like you said, it's just the beginning, right? It's, it really is just the beginning. But what I mentioned last week about the draft, people need to remember this. Receivers are getting paid more than ever. And that boosts the value of the rookie wide receiver in the draft significantly. You can get a receiver for five, ten, I think $10 million is what the max contract for like the number one picks. It's like $40 million over four years plus the option. So you got to think, you're, pay, you're paying some of these top receivers $10, $12 million to draft them in the top 10. And it only goes down from there. So this increases the value of all these guys. And that's important when you talk about where these guys are going to go in drafts. Because with running backs, it's the opposite. You get them anywhere, plug and play, so they go late. But for receivers, you can only find them so many spots, and that elevates them all in the draft. So here goes Kansas City. So let's just look at their top 100 picks this year in 2022. They've got 29 and 30 in the first round. So two first-round picks. they got 50, 62, 94, and I said top 100, but 103. They've got another pick, a compensatory pick in the third round. So they've got six picks within the first 100, 100 in the NFL draft. It's a lot of draft capital to play with. Would you package up? I mean, to move up to top 10 to get Wilson or London, bro, they're going to have to give up a lot. I, I don't know. I think I'd probably sit pat for if I were if I were the Chiefs. Maybe Jahan Dotson at 29. I saw somebody say George Pickens. I hear that. George Pickens, Jahan Dotson. Um, but they need like they need a guy. They can't just but walk into not, the season. Jamal's not playing in, in, to start the season. He ain't walking into the season playing. But at least you have him for five years, right? Like it, I get, I get the immediate 
need wouldn't be filled, but we also believe JMO is the elite. Yeah, Joe in the chat. If Drake London goes to Kansas City, I'm prego that second. Joe, I get it. It if, would be if, fantastic. If, if Drake London goes to Kansas City, I'm making history because I'm pregnant. I'll be the first man in the history of in, in mankind to be pregnant. I will be pregnant the same way. So we will be pregnant together. We will we'll be on maternity leave together. But uh, I, he ain't falling to 29, so they're going to have to trade up. If they want Wilson, Olave, London, they'll have to trade up to do that. I don't think Burks 100%. is a fit. I don't think Traylon fits. Nope. Um, Pickens, sure. We'll see how it plays out. Fingers crossed for Brees Hall. I know Ronald Jones is visiting Kansas City. They need a running game. This is – Kyle Pitts tweeted out the other day, it's getting scary, and ATL is getting scary in Kansas City for all the wrong reasons because I think every other team in that division, uh, they did they, they improved, and Kansas City so far has not done that. And this is why it's so tough, the NFL, the parity, how quick things change. So any final takeaways like Dynasty? I don't know if there's anybody you can even buy right now. I guess Kyle Pitts since, the, you know, shit, he has no one throwing to him. But from these three teams, you're not going out and buying Tyreek Hill. Maybe Jalen Waddle, if he starts to dip, you've got an opportunity. I'm not drafting him as wide receiver seven overall. Would not do that. Um, yep. Mahomes, maybe you get a discount on Mahomes. For those of you that held Juju, Congratulations. You may be looking to cash yeah. out that chip. Uh, I would be looking to move him if I could. If you can get a first rounder, say you can get a 2023 first and Amon Ross St. Brown. A 2023 first and, um, you know, I'm thinking of another wide receiver, maybe like Michael Pittman. I don't know if you can do that, but if you can use the brand equity of Kansas City to move Juju for a younger piece plus, I'd be trying to do that right now. Um, and Kelsey, especially for redraft purposes, has tons of value here in 2022 all right jay rank the quarterbacks give me your top five dynasty quarterbacks after this trade let's get it before we get out of here top josh five. allen okay so josh allen herbert watson burrow mahomes lamar i think is where i would be at mahomes and then probably college five? after that Mahomes yeah, at five. I think it's I think it's I think it's very fair to keep him to like like I know that we said he was in the tier the top tier he's not in the top tier anymore for me you know oh, he he man. he can You're do a of ton of guys. things you want I just guys. think I think okay. that I believe mm. in the talent of Joe Burrow and what he mm. has and for me it's just like I get it I get that people love Mahomes but I am worried like yeah. we've never seen him without Tyreek Hill okay. so what what does he look like. Can he elevate his offense? Deshaun Watson did it with Brandon Cooks and a bunch of bumps. And he, th and he led the league in passing. Let's see Patrick Mahomes and his $400 million contract do that. And then I'll be a believer again. That's just where I'm at. That's just where I'm at. All right. All right. Well, there it is. There goes Jay Rich's top five dynasty quarterbacks. Um, we'll see. I have, no, I have no comment at this point in time. I will not answer. Uh, but we appreciate y'all tapping into the show. Another good week. We lied once again. We said we were going to look at a mock, but I'm sure we will see a bunch of mocks come out over the next couple of days, and we'll probably tap into one um, on Monday. But we'll see. There's never a dull day. There's never a dull day in the NFL. We thought there'd be no news, slow news, and then boom, that breaks. So we'll be back 
next week. If you're here, thank y'all for tapping in with us all week. Shout out to our partners, Wake Up. Uh, shout out to our partners, Prize Picks. Use the promo code Wake Up for 100% deposit match up to $100. Uh, for first time depositors, make sure you use that code Wake Up. Subscribe to the feed. All 400 of y'all that are in here, hit that thumbs up button. Get, help the owl go out. Hit the thumbs up button. Comment. We love y'all. We appreciate y'all. We'll be back next week with more craziness. Y'all have a beautiful weekend. Be safe. Be blessed. Y'all have a good one, man. We out. Peace. Thank you.